Karen Wright Marsh is the executive director and co-founder of Theological Horizons, a ministry that supports Christians and seekers in academia by providing a welcoming community for engaging faith, thought, and life. She holds degrees in philosophy from Wheaton College and linguistics from the University of Virginia, where she lives with her husband, Charles Marsh, a UVA professor at the Bonhoeffer House in Charlottesville, Virginia, which is where she wrote her terrific book, Vintage Saints and Sinners, where she reveals surprising lessons in everyday spirituality from saints, folks who lived and breathed and failed and followed God, like St. Francis, who we're going to discuss today, because Francis was known as the channel of mercy. And so as we practice mercy, we can learn a few things from Francis and from his sister, Claire. You're in for a treat. Here we go. Yeah, it's been really fun to think about Francis and his story sort of through this lens of mercy. Mm -hmm. I think, okay, what is mercy? How do we see it, him enacting it? Mm-hmm. And um, I love that definition, you know, of compassion or forgiveness towards someone who can harm you. I mean, that it's just, it is risky every, every time. Mm-hmm. And um, the story of Francis, I think that, that, that comes up for me around mercy is the story where, um, well, I'll kind of start from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Um, how much of his story do you tell already? the only part that I tell is really about his issue with the lepers when he started, when it actually, that really hit him deeply. Right. I'm guessing there were tons of times he engaged with mercy and, and, and and practiced it, but for whatever reason, I think it was his disgust and disdain for the leper. And, and then this undeniable transformation and it being attributed to mercy. Yeah. Mercy bestowed upon him from Christ. Yes. Right. That was exactly, I was thinking of the leper too, because, you know, he's this child of privilege. His parents, you know, were well-to-do people in town, very respectable. You know, he'd had such a fun life, you know, the, the king of the youth, you know, buying drinks for everyone. And, um, and then he was captured in a battle and imprisoned for a year. And so he came out really damaged by that trauma, which Mm -hmm. I think is fascinating. That really turned his his world upside down and we see him making a pilgrimage to Rome, you know, changing clothes with a, with a tattered beggar, um, walking all the way back, wandering in the woods. I mean, he's really struggling, I think, to find himself again. Um, and then, yeah, we see him passing this leper and he, the way I heard it told, he actually goes by the guy because he has this particular fear of, of lepers, but you know he wasn't the only one. There was right. in the middle in, in in the Middle Ages, the local priests actually performed a ceremony uh, on lepers, and they would recite these words: "I forbid you to enter church, monastery, fair, mill, marketplace, or tavern. I forbid you ever to leave your house without your leper's costume, mm. to live with any one woman other than your own. You are forbidden to touch a well." without your gloves, you are forbidden to touch children or to give them anything or yeah. to eat or to drink. I mean, this was, he had been raised by his society to be, to be terrified of this person wow. with leper, leprosy. And yet in that moment, this impulse, something happened, right? He, I see him on a horse. He jumps down from his horse and he, he embraces the guy and he kisses mm-hmm. him. And it's the last thing anyone would do. I mean, it's the ultimate risk because he believed that he would catch leprosy from right him. but then that's the moment where yes he is 
it's the one thing that frees him from the burden of his trauma, of his self-centeredness, of his lostness. You know, taking that risk, embracing a leper, doing the unthinkable, something that his parents never w would have wanted him to do or his, his culture, nothing in that act was encouraged by anyone. And yet he remembered Jesus. He remembered Jesus healing and touching the lepers. And I just find that remarkable that the mercy that he shows is fundamentally a, an act of risk and an act that went against um, his own, what looked like his own self-interest. But as you said, then he's he, all of a sudden he's free. You know, he's done the worst thing he could do. He's taken the biggest chance. And, you know, once he starts, there's no turning back. And um, I think he tasted that freedom that, that we all have felt right in our brains and in our spirits when, when we take a risk and we act mercifully to someone. Um, yeah, there's something about mercy to un, that's different than kindness or thankfulness, which I, I really do think thankfulness is that love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind to a certain extent. Um, mercy is such a soul issue. It's all on the inside. And um, it's so intimate and deep. And I don't know if that's why it, it packs such a punch. Yeah. Well, and I think too, when he sees this leper, like he sees a person. Yeah. And I know for me, there's so many people that I pass physically on the street or in my life where I don't see them as people because right. I'm too, af I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And then of course I, I have to ask the question, well, when is, when is it an act of mercy and when are we called to actually protect ourselves from harm? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, that's actual, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to encourage my children to go give all their money to each person who asks for it or to, um, you know, encounter every stranger or get into every relationship because that person needs has needs. Um, I just think mercy gets tricky very, very quickly. I do too. I mean, because we seem like we're in such a harsh, <laughs> rude, rude place that mercy is not in the in the passenger seat or the driver's seat. It's like in the trunk, you know. <laughs> right. You know, and so how do we how do we have that, you know, in the spirit of St. Francis impact our life today, like our daily life? Yeah. Well, I think what I notice about Francis and his story is, I think for him in, in a lot of ways, it was very simple. Like I'm already complicating it because I'm already imagining scenarios, but, but Francis and Claire, um, they decided that they would imitate Christ in every way. So whatever they did, they would think, okay, uh, you know, what would you, Jesus do in this, in this situation? And they had three verses that, that were sort of operative. The first from Luke, take nothing for the journey neither bread nor money and do not have a spare tunic. They're like Jesus said that. So, you know, we won't buy clothes. And then foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So they slept under the stars. They slept on the floor. They, they slept in a chapel. Um, do not worry about tomorrow. Um, like that was a big one for Francis. So he wouldn't touch money. You know, he would receive yeah. food or, but he wouldn't even soak lentils overnight because that was considered worry. I mean, he was very extreme. And I find that um, a lot to think about, you know, I don't know that I, 
I'm willing to adopt that, but I have to give him credit because I think for mercy for him, the act of giving to someone was just what he committed himself to because he saw Jesus doing that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have to worry about the consequences of whether they would be grateful or whether they would use the money wisely or um, take the medicine that they were supposed to take. You know, he just did it because that's what Jesus did. And mm-hmm. that's to me the challenge, I think, of, of mm-hmm. Francis's mercy. And he was free. He was joyful and people followed him um, in this, these acts of mercy and sort of life. Uh, although, you know, to the end of his life, his, his disciples got pretty tired of it, actually. <laughs> um, it was just too much. It was too yeah. extreme. And there's a heartbreak in his story, I think, where even the people who he hoped would be his companions would on this journey just didn't, couldn't do it. It was yeah. too much. So, I, you know, he's not the saint for everyone, um, but he does, I think, challenge me to question when I resist mercy, what, what are my motives really? You know, am I trying to be wise or conscientious or responsible? Maybe, but maybe it's really more about my own selfish desires and my own disinterest or my own unwillingness to take a chance. You know, when I'm really honest, yeah. what, keep, what keeps me from mercy? I think that's one of the keys period is going to the why. Because if you can get to the why, you can get to some of the base things that actually are holding you hostage, which it sounds like that's where he was going to the freedom and definitely in an extreme and nobody's saying go to that extreme, but to be able to experience that freedom, because even what you were just saying, it's freedom from the expectation of a reaction. Yeah, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Francis, maybe he was there for to be able to say at the extreme, this is what it looks like. You know, what do they call it? Unfiltered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was unfiltered. Well, yeah. the, uh, one thing I see with Francis, too, is that because he was so willing you know, to go without and to give away, he received so much. You know, I think it's easy to focus on what I imagine, you know, the discomfort of sleeping on the ground or, you know, only wearing burlap, which does not sound fun, but, you know, he saw the beauty of the earth. He saw the, the birds and the flowers and, you know, the, the beauty of nature. And he saw the joy of just being with his friends and, you know, getting to know the lepers, you know, these people who were unknown to everyone. So he received a lot of joy in that. And I think people who wanted that in their lives came to him. So he had this community of, of merciful people you know, who came around him. And I think together, you know, they could let go of a lot of the disapproval of their parents and of, of, of the society around them. So they got, I think they got a lot, they got a lot out of it. And, you know, the Holy Spirit just filled their lives, you know, even in, even in their grief. It's fascinating. Okay. So pulling it into today, which you're so great at, Hmm. how do you, how do you apply that to your life where you're not wearing burlap? Because I'm looking at you in that. Uh, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yes, I know. I'm not wearing burlap. I think I do think about Francis and I wonder like, what is he teaching me? And Claire, of course, who went to follow with Francis. I think my life is more like Claire's. I mean, she there were limits on what she could do. There were limits on where she could go and how much she could give away. But she 
lived this life as a nun with sisters. I'm not a nun at all. I'm with my family, but um, she saw other people. I think they both did, mm-hmm. you know, and they were, um, they were always pushing the limits of, of what they could give and what they could do. So I think for Francis, he was always giving a little bit more. So when I feel that resistance in myself, maybe he's the one who's speaking, you know, from the sidelines saying, it's, you're going to be fine. Actually, you're really going to feel better if you push through this resistance or this fear. Um, I think for Claire, just to see her courage and her bravery, her willingness to be a little crazy, you know, to be a little extreme and to experience that freedom and the joy. I think in my life, actually, when I do those acts of mercy that, that I maybe resist when I really do them, I, I rarely regret them. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, you know, I think a key, like we said earlier, was coming at it from the solid place where your significance is settled, not in your own strength. And maybe that's part of what they learned too, is it wasn't in their strength. Yeah. No, no. No. But I think when you see another person, like who has a need. Yes. I think that's what mercy is, right? We're responding somehow. Yeah. We're not just, you were, it's a response to a need. I think that's, I think it is too. Right. So I think that connection, like when, what a beautiful thing when you can actually see another person, yes. you can, you can perceive there's a need there. Yeah. And then the process of thinking, okay, how am I going to meet this need without being the victim? Like you said, yes, yeah. or without humiliating them. Yeah. Like how do we keep them free? It's just a really fascinating and beautiful, creative, connective spirit led act that uh, I think is fascinating and wonderful and just so affirming that if you can, and, and the more you see the other person, I think the more willing you are to let go of whatever's holding you back. Yeah, yeah. Because we're just, you know, we, I think at the heart of it, we're made to be merciful. Yes, yes. Um, and so we can receive what Francis did, which is joy and freedom and, you know, some entertainment, yeah. <laughs> sort of a change of scenery or a change of life. So I love his story. He does he does definitely push push the limits, but it gives us space to 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 go a little ways to follow him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my friends. Lots to think about and fun stuff to think about and encouragement to see outside of ourselves and beyond ourselves, which probably is the gift. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. What a re- what a relief. I know it's like there's the gift. <laughs> right. Maybe that's why it's so powerful. A little less me. (laughs) A break from myself. I know. That's that's a good thing. (laughs) Thanks so much, Karen. You can find Karen at KarenWrightMarsh.com. And please check out her book, Vintage Saints and Sinners. It really is a treat. It's these great snippets that are fun to go through by yourself or with a friend. And a special thank you to you for joining us on the Peace Project Podcast. Here's to practicing thankfulness, kindness, and mercy today and increasing your peace and joy along the way.